Welcome to this week three edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points, our 54th such podcast. Thought I'd better put that in there so I don't lose count and have to go back and figure it out from the beginning again. Yeah. Yeah, if we count the whole time, it makes it a whole lot easier. Yes, it does. I am Bruce Monin, your host, by the way. And as you heard, checking in from the greater Cincinnati area, home of the number 29 ranked Cincinnati Bearcats, we have our co-host, executive producer and chief researcher, Miss Rebecca Monin. Happy to be here. Proud to say I have done zero research. I got the script this morning and am calling in directly after work. So we're winging it. You're, you're telling us you didn't take time off work to do work on the podcast. I did not. I sure did not. Well, that's probably for the best, I guess. Our beloved Bearcats started the season off with a loss, I'm afraid. They started with their toughest game of the year. They went down on the road to face number 19, Arkansas, in an SEC stadium with SEC referees. I found that interesting. <laughs> Our Bearcats promptly took out a pistol and shot themselves in the feet about a dozen times, and they still only lost by seven. Yeah, that's that seems to be Cincinnati tradition. <laughs> Make a bunch of mistakes, recover really well, give us hope, and just lose out by a smidge in the end. I will make my first ever on this podcast boldly Bearcat prediction here. <laughs> I say Cincinnati wins their next 11 games. All oh, 11. Okay. Ends the regular season 11-1 and goes to the American Conference title game, maybe at Nippert Stadium. Maybe, maybe. Then they'll win that, and they'll come just a little bit short of being in the playoffs because they have to be undefeated to go to the playoffs. Mm. Yeah, that seems about typical. So check back with us in about 14 weeks and see how accurate that prediction was. Fortunately for me, I did not have to rely solely on my Bearcats to keep me entertained this week. <laughs> or on high school football, as the local game did not go so well. Yeah. Both our favorite teams had their toughest game of the season, probably. I'd say you're right. Now, for all of you cycling fans out there, and I'm hoping there's at least one, the third and final Grand Tour of the Year, the Vuelta a España, wraps up on Sunday. So after Sunday, I lose my daily entertainment there, Rebecca. Daily entertainment gone. What else are you going to do with your time? Uh, I'm falling way behind on watching all old episodes of Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> Get back to that rewatch. Make sure you've got every episode down for the third time. Yes. For those of you who aren't big cycling fans, there are three big three-week-long grand tours every year kind of like the triple crown in horse racing. Everybody knows the Kentucky Derby, right? Mm -hmm. And cycling, everybody knows the Tour de France. But by the time you get to the third race of the triple crown, the Belmont, if the Kentucky Derby winner isn't there or there's two different horses won the first two races, nobody really cares much about the Belmont stakes, do they? <laughs> well, the same thing here. If the Tour de France winner doesn't show up, a lot of people don't care much about the Vuelta a España, but I do. And right now we have a 22-year-old Belgian leading the race. And there's a 19-year-old in fourth place, which is just weird. But anyway. Yeah, that is odd. Used to be they didn't let people ride these races till they were about 24. Didn't think their bodies could handle it. But anyway, 
our Belgian Remco Evenepoel. I love a good Belgian name. Evenepoel. He, he could All be. Right. The, he could be the first Belgian to win a Grand Tour since 1978, and that may be the most cycling crazy country in the world. So, the media over there is going slightly nuts right now. What is that? Uh, Eddie Merckx last one. Actually, there was one guy after Eddie Merckx. No one remembers him. And to be honest, I can't remember his name right now either. So it reinforces the point. <laughs> old Remco, he's trying to hold off a wily old veteran, the three-time defending champion of the race, Primos Roglic from Slovenia. And you know, Rebecca, I always love a wily old veteran. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a generalized <laughs> statement you should make, but okay. Just today, in fact, and we are recording this on a Tuesday, on a day that was meant for the sprinters, he, the wily old veteran took off in a surprise late attack, got eight seconds off the leader, closed the gap down to only a minute and a half about. Unfortunately, he also crashed at the end, gashed open his elbow, and there was blood all over his body. So we'll oh. see how he is tomorrow. It looked bad at first. There was blood all over his chest and all over his legs, but I think it all came out of his elbow. And for a cyclist, the elbow is not the worst place in the world to get roughed up. Not the best, but not the worst. Yeah, I mean, it flexes a bit, but it's not like, not the worst thing. You kind of lock it in place for a while. It's not like hurting the legs, that's for sure. Uh-uh, or the collarbone. Um, the last Grand Tour winner from Belgium, Johan de Muynich. Muynich, M-U-Y-N-C-K, Johan de Munch. And no one remembers him because Eddie Merckx ran. Yeah. At the same time. So I've made an executive decision here. We are putting the scores of the week back at the beginning of the podcast. (laughs) Too many plays of the song last week. So here are our scores of the week. I'm still a big fan of the weird warped automated song that you made the first time around. Oh, maybe we'll work that in again sometime this year. I would love that. Our first score of the week I found in college football. And it was Iowa 7, South Dakota State 3. Okay. Low scoring game. Seems normal, though. Yeah, other than if Iowa can only score seven points on South Dakota State, they're in a lot of trouble against Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State. Yeah, it's not a good omen. However, what makes this score interesting is that it was actually three to three at halftime. Oh, no. And then Iowa scored two safeties in the second half. (laughs) You don't hear about something like that every day, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Two safeties. I thought that was score of the week worthy. Yeah. Oh, poor South Dakota. For our other four scores of the week, we're going to pull on old Drew Pasteur. We're going to get him out of the way right at the beginning. I looked on his website at his biggest upsets of the week, and I found four that pertain to teams we follow. So starting with Drew Pasteur's number one biggest upset of the week, two and one national trail went on the road and defeated 2-1 Preble Shawnee 31-13. So they won by 18 points. They were a 13-point underdog, according to the computer. Oh. That's a 31-point swing. Biggest one in the state last week. They made a nice numerical palindrome with that score, too. 
Somehow I knew you would recognize. <laughs> <laughs> I like a palindrome. Okay. Next. Almost as good as an amildalap. You may have to fill in the audience as to what an amildalap means. <laughs> Not that I don't know, of course. <laughs> an amildalap is palindrome spelled backwards. It's a word <laughs> that has another meaning when it's spelled backwards. So like palindromes are the same front and back, but amildalaps are different words, but still words front and back. Okay. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure it's recognized in the grammatical community, but it is referenced in a Phineas and Ferb episode. Ooh, that makes it official to me. <laughs> back to our upsets, our number two upset of the week. Undefeated Arlington defeated Liberty Benton, now two and one, 16 to 13. They were a 27 point underdog going into that game. So quite the win for Arlington. As with National Trail before, later on, we'll see how this affects their computer point standings. It can't hurt, right? True, 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 I see, true. I see second level points all over the place there. Our next upset, two and one Anna defeated St. Henry 26 to seven. St. Henry's now one and two. St. Henry was a three point favorite in that game. Anna won by 19. Of course, it helps. They had one of those plays where they did a kickoff and it went on a low line drive and it bounced off the helmet of a St. Henry player who wasn't looking and they, they got the accidental onside kick. Oh my goodness. And that tends to mess up a game sometimes. It's certainly unexpected. And our final upset, previously winless Salina. Oh. 19 to 10 over one and two Lima Shawnee. They were a 12-point underdog in that game, got the nine-point win, and they are now going to go from having no computer points to being in the top 16 in their region. So a nice upset win for Salina. Yeah, nice good news for them. And that concludes our... Let's get straight into our regions here, Rebecca. Let's do it. I think we're fairly early. We haven't stalled that long yet this time. Division two, region eight. Last week, we said that according to Mr. Drew Pasteur, Piqua was already playoff bound. And we explained that was because there were so many games, his computer said Piqua would not lose. Well, guess what? This week was one of them. As Piqua beat their longtime rival Troy 59 to nothing. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh no. So Piqua is number three in the standings with a three and O record and 6.68 computer points. And we are still saying they are playoff bound. Yeah, I don't think that showing is going to change that this week. Also, it's great to see Lima Senior undefeated at 3-0 and and ranked number six in the region. Been a while since we've seen either of that from Lima Senior, hmm. as far as I can remember, at least. I don't have a great head for uh, historical stats of specific teams in the region, so I'm going to trust you on that one. All right. Unfortunately, it may not last long, as we'll bring back 
Mr. Pasteur again. He says Lima is the underdog in all seven of their final games. Oh, boy. So the meat of their schedule is still coming, I guess. Might need an upset or two to make the playoffs, I would think. Moving on to Region 10 in Division 3. We just followed Defiance there. They are now number 17 Mm. at a loss this week. They are on the wrong side of the bubble, right? They sure are, yeah. We'll come back to them when they are on the right side of the bubble. (laughs) We'll probably come back to them either way. You're probably right. But we hope it's when they're on the right side of the bubble. Moving to Region 11, Bell Fountain is number five with a two and one record. They jumped six spots this week with a win over one and two Petascala Licking Heights. Hmm. I just wanted Petascala. to say, yeah, I just wanted to say Petascala Licking Heights. I like both the town name and the school name. I think, I think that works. Well, the Petascala is in Licking County. So that's probably where the Licking Heights comes from. Good guess. I was kind of picturing like a giraffe licking heights. <laughs> or one of those mountain goats that climbs really tall to get to the, the salt deposits. Patascala comes from the Delaware language. Not surprising. That was an area occupied by Delaware Indians for, for quite a, some time. It means licking river. <laughs> <laughs> okay they just really went all in on the licking name (laughs) so the word patascala in the delaware language means licking river which means that patascala licking heights is licking river licking heights it's kind of like your sahara desert situation oh yes in um whatever one of the lang one of the african language languages Mm -hmm. swahili maybe i forget which but one of them, the word Sahara means desert. So the Sahara desert means desert, desert, according to an episode of NCIS, at least. It's not the only body of land or geological feature, geographical, both probably, feature to be named after itself. There's quite a few hills in England that are um, named after Gaelic or Welsh terms for hills. People just hear the locals say, yep, that's a hill. And they say, ah, that must be. The hill hill. It's a common occurrence. That sums up the mystery of Patascala Licking Heights. We did it. Moving on to region distractions. (laughs) Moving on to region 12, please. (laughs) (laughs) We have Tip City Tippecanoe still playoff bound at 3-0. Elida looking good, undefeated at number six in the rankings. The heart of their WBL schedule still coming up yet. Two and one Wapakoneta moved up eight spots from 19 up to number 11 with an overtime 29 to 22 win over two and one St. Mary's. Quite the battle of Auglaise County there among WBL teams. Salina, we mentioned them early for their upset win. They move into the top 16, are now ranked 15th. And it has been a long time since Salina made the playoffs if you take out the COVID year when everyone made the playoffs. So I'm rooting hard for the Bulldogs. It's nice seeing them up there in the top 16. Moving down to Division 4, Region 14. With St. Mary's loss last week, that means Van Wert is now the top local team on our list. They are number two with their undefeated record. They have two tough tests coming up in the next two weeks. They play against Wapakoneta and St. Mary's the next two weeks. So if they are still undefeated, they're going to be at or near the top of this region. 
if they take a loss or two, they'll be somewhat lower, right? That is how it works. Yeah. We have St. Mary's drops down to number seven. A couple of two and one teams, Brian and Wasian, are on the good side of the bubble. They're at number 12 and 13. Whereas the one and two teams that we follow, Ben Logan and Kenton, they're both on the wrong side of the bubble at 17 and 18. So two and one good, one and two bad, I guess we could say right now. Yeah. Division four, region 16. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did a poor job of organizing my data. Oh, so I have yeah. To think a little mm-hmm. bit here. All right. Put out order. Yeah, it's awful. Urbana moves up 10 spots from number 17 up to number seven, thanks to a 40 to 20 win over 0 and 2 Columbus Northland. That doesn't sound like that ought to do much for him. <laughs> but more from the second little points they are getting from beating two and one West Jefferson back in week one. Gotta love those second level points. They do great things for you. We have also St. Paris Graham down to one and two. That puts them on the wrong side of the bubble. They're at number 19 right now. All of us here in Minster rooting hard for St. Paris Graham. We need those second level points. We do. We really do. Please do well. Moving down to Division 5 in Region 18. Coldwater occupying a familiar spot at the top of the rankings. Still number one. Still not locked into playoff bound. No, they are not. They're close, but they're not quite there yet. But number two, Liberty Center is locked into the playoffs. Thanks to a nice win over two and one Tontangami, oops, Tontagani Atsigo this week. I do love saying Tontagani. <laughs> and you got up in your head about it. That's a darn yep. shame. And then I messed it up on the first try. Oh, <laughs> just awful. Tontagani. 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 I got it now. By the way, it doesn't hurt that Liberty Center also defeated two and one Tenora back in week one. So two wins over two and one teams, get you lots of those second level points, moves you up in the rankings. Speaking of Tenora, they are a big mover this week. They rose five spots to number eight after defeating two and one Lima Central Catholic on the road in what seemed like a big upset to me. I was expecting Lima Central Catholic to win that one. So great job, Tenora. Once again, we also have some two-and-one teams, such as Liberty, Benton, and Delta in the top 16, while one-and-two teams like Swanton, Spencerville, and Bluffton are not. Now, that changes the lower we get. We get down to smaller divisions. One-and-two is good enough when we get there, but we'll see that later. Also, unfortunately, we have, how shall I say, when there were only eight teams per region made the playoffs, we would always have teams eliminated from the playoffs first before teams got in. With the switch to 16, we see teams more likely to make the playoffs than to be eliminated from consideration. Unfortunately, 0-3 Indian Lake doesn't look like they're really in the hunt anymore. Maybe they can pull some upsets along the way and prove us wrong, but it would take some big upsets. Hey, we're just buzzing right through here this week, aren't we, Rebecca? We sure are, yeah. I'm not in the mood Get all for the distractions po- out early. I'm not in the mood for a long podcast today. The longer we draw it out, the further back I can push out starting on my homework for grad school. But also that means I would be pushing back my homework on for grad school and I don't want to stay up late. So whatever it turns out to be. And I'm thinking a nice bike ride sounds good tomorrow morning. So if I can get this edited tonight, I'm happy. There we go. Plus, I haven't had supper yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
What a lovely insight for our listeners. We have lives outside of football and we don't do that much exciting things with it. No, not that much of a life outside of football. <laughs> Moving down to Region 20 here in Division 5. 3-0 Milton Union remains at the top. While 2-1-1 Jamestown Greenview and Preble Shawnee remain securely in the top 16. Jamestown Greenview number 7, Preble Shawnee number 10 right now. Probably because... Both teams have a victory over a two-and-one opponent so far. Second-level points. Racking them in. Racking them up. I mixed my words. Whatever it is, it's what it takes. (laughs) Every time a team you've beaten beats someone else, that's just as good as beating some winless team. You don't even have to do anything. You just sit there and someone else does the work for you. It's the way (laughs) life should be, right? (laughs) That's probably not the message most of our football coaches are imparting to their players out there. No. (laughs) But it does make things easier. It does. It sure does. Not always better, but easier. I'll argue that point. After that bit of philosophy, we'll head down to Division (laughs) 6. Region 22. We follow nine teams in this region. So it seems strange that the highest ranked one we follow is number eight, Columbus Grove. Other two-and-one teams like Patrick Henry at number 10, Evergreen at number 13, and Riverdale at number 13 13 also. also. Nice tie there. (laughs) They're all in the top 16, looking good for the playoffs at the moment. And we have one one one-and-two team. Wayne Trace has snuck in at number 15 right now. Mm, The bubble's a little more forgiving here. Yes. One and two Van Buren is down at 19. They're not in such good shape. And of course, our winless teams really need to get going. Over in Region 23, West Jefferson. After that loss in week one, two straight wins. They are up to number eight in the standings now. Bouncing back nicely from that loss to Urbana. And expect the Rough Riders to keep the wins coming for another week or two. I expect them to keep rising in the rankings here. They feel like a playoff team to me. (laughs) Not officially yet, but they feel like one. They've got momentum. Mighty Mo, baby. Mighty Mo. Heading down to Region 24, we have Marion Local still in purple. That means playoff bound and the athletic director should be getting ready to host that first round playoff game. Wild that you can do that in week three. Yes, it is. And we will comment on that more in just a bit. In fact, let's do that right now. (laughs) Okay. This, by the way, reminds me, we received no questions via email or Twitter again this week. I did get one question in person, however. Seems to be a trend. In-person questions, yeah. As some of you may know, some of you may not, I have a weekly column in the Salina Daily Standard, runs on Thursdays usually highlighting the computer points for MAC and WBL teams. Last week's article, I mentioned that Drew Pasteur had Marion Local already in the playoffs after week two, but I threw in the line that I refuse to uh, make such a guarantee myself after only two weeks. As I was walking off Booster Field last week at Marion Local after Friday night's football game, a member of the Marion Local coaching staff mentioned that they all laughed at the idea of being a playoff lock after two weeks and wanted to know if I was going to guarantee their playoff spot after that win over Minster in week three. I did what I usually do. I mumbled a little bit. I demurred. 
<laughs> and then I went to look up the numbers. <laughs> My research shows that Marion Local's current number of computer points would have been enough to finish 14th in Region 24 last season. So in response, oh. I say, yes, I am now guaranteeing the Flyers a playoff berth. They are a lock. Oh. They don't even have to win another game. They're there. <laughs> <laughs> the teams they beat don't even have to win another game. They're there. <laughs> well, not, not all of them. <laughs> But trust me, I saw them. They're going to win another game this year. And I've seen a few of the teams they've beaten, and those teams are going to win more games this year. So Marion Local is a solid gold lock, baby. Solid gold. Which is probably not the best material to make a it's lock. It's a terrible lock. Yeah, it'll, you'll, you could squeeze it apart. <laughs> a but titanium lock. How about that? <laughs> as long as you don't spin it up or get it too hot, it'll be good. All right, back to the region here. Marion Local stays at number one. Versailles is number three. I believe that's actually a drop of one place this week, even though they're still undefeated. The big news, National Trail, who we featured as the number one upset this week in our Scores of the Week segment, they moved up eight spots after defeating 2-1 and one Preble Shawnee 31-13 in Rebecca's Palindrome Game of the Week. <laughs> this makes National Trail our newly playoff-bound team in this region. Wow. Lots of benefits from that game of the week. Yes, indeed. Also in the region, Anna, we mentioned, with their big 26-7 win over St. Henry. They are now number seven in the rankings. Other 2-1 and one teams, Allen East and Tri-Village, are ranked number eight and number nine. The fight to get into the playoffs in this region is between one and two teams. We have Parkway at number 13. And Twin Valley South at number 15 on the good side of the bubble. Number 17, Arcanum. Number 19, Covington. are on the not preferable side. On the outs. Yes. Part of the reason Parkway's there, their win over Pioneer North Central. If you remember, they are a brand new varsity team this year. Never played football before. They have won their other two games by large margins, actually. Wow. They're rolling got something in the, going for them. Yeah, they are rolling in the second level points. And I think they're going to win at least one, maybe two or three more games yet this year. So that's interesting. They must have been doing some other sports out there to get such well, I'm sure it's their first varsity year. I imagine they had the JV going on. Ah, yes. JV is a thing that can still happen. Yes. I have not looked because I have no idea where I would look to find out how their JV did last year, but I would guess they did okay. And that brings us to Division 7. Region 26, our region of so many teams. So many teams. But fortunately for us, not many changes this week. Arlington is ranked number one now. We mentioned them as one of those upsets of the week. They are also a newly playoff-bound team after their win over 2-1 and one Liberty Benton. There are four other undefeated teams in this region. Convoy Crestview at number two. Waynesfield Goshen at number three, Antwerp and Edgerton tied for number four. Once again, the two and one teams all look good at the moment. We have number six, Lima Central Catholic, number eight, Pandora Gilboa, number nine, Defiance Ayersville, number 10, Macomb, and number 12, Upper Soto Valley. All looking playoff bound yet, as most two and one teams do. Of our one and two teams, we have Ada 
hanging at number 14. And tied with them is Delphi St. John's, also at 14. And Lipsick sneaking in at number 16. So one and two can get you into the playoffs in this region. Although, I'm just looking here and I see, oh, Hardin Northern at 18. Ridgemont at 18, North Baltimore at 18, Delphus Jefferson at 18. So one and two can be good, can be bad in this region, huh? <laughs> Gives you both hope and danger. How about that? Hope and danger. We're going to go to the southwest portion of Division 7 now, Region 28, our personal home region. So we always pay extra attention here. Look at that, Mechanicsburg, still number one. But... South Charleston Southeastern up to number two and playoff bound thanks to their 20 to 13 home victory over two and one Milford Center Fairbanks. Good for them. Somewhat unexpected as they were a 24 point underdog in that game. This should have been one of our scores of the week, it sounds like. I mean, we could always retroactively play the music. I think not. (laughs) Okay. The Trojans of South Charleston Southeastern gained so many points from that, they almost caught up with Mechanicsburg. Mechanicsburg is 5.68 right now. South Charleston Southeastern, 5.65. Nip it at their heels. A couple other undefeated teams, New Bremen and Ansonia, lurk just behind at number three and number four. Now, in this region, the bubble line is one win. There are seven one-win teams. And all of them are ranked number 15 or higher. So one win gets you in the top 16 right now in this region. Hey, there you go. The winless teams are all ranked number 17. So any winless team, we're looking at Tri-County North and Troy Christian here. Get a win and you're probably into the top 16 in this region. And finally, last and potentially least, our eight-man division. We have... New London canceled another game. That's basically they've canceled their entire season so far. Not a good sign. Remember, they didn't join the Northern 8 Conference because they plan to return to 11-man football next year. Oh, no. If they're not playing eight-man games, that's not a good sign. Uh Uh-uh. Of the other five teams here in Ohio, Stryker is now number one. They are 2-0. They beat a team from Michigan, Morenci. 44-38 last week. Sounded like a good game. But watch out for Toledo Christian, currently ranked number two. They had their nine-game winning streak broken this week. They lost to Adrian Lenawe Christian out of Michigan, 34-26. Adrian. Adrian. (laughs) This town to drive through. Yes, it is. This Lenawe Christian team, by the way, Uh 28-game win streak, which I believe includes two state championships in Michigan eight-man football. Oh, my goodness. So an eight-point loss to them is nothing to be ashamed of. Respectable, yeah. Keep your eye on Toledo Christian. They're currently tied with Holgate in the number two spot with one-and-one records. Lakeside Danbury and Sandusky St. Mary's still waiting to get a win, but they've only played one game each yet, so many opportunities still coming. And that wraps up our computer points. We did it. Any other fun facts or news to impart to our listeners? Normally, I like to look ahead to the big Cincinnati Bearcats game this weekend, but since they're playing Kennesaw State, yeah, yeah. I'll be watching, but it's not exactly something you could brag about winning. Yeah. The only thing that can happen is bad things in that game. <laughs> we'll In-injuries, be... losses, 
We'll be quarterback. watching with bated breath on the yeah, edge of our seat, worried the whole time. I forget who Ohio State plays, but I know none of their next four games are as tough as that Notre Dame game. Big win for Ohio State this week. Congratulations. And I, you know, don't really mean that sincerely because I don't root for Ohio State, but you know, whatever. You didn't have to include that. <laughs> okay, we'll leave that out. <laughs> They're playing Arkansas State next week. So Ohio State plays Arkansas State, you say? Yes. Again, nothing good could come out of that game. Injuries or a loss or a close game, all bad things. And if you win, everyone goes, yeah, so. Yeah, that's that's the struggle with being traditionally very accomplished. I guess all that comes out of that game is 100,000 fans paying a lot of money for tickets, right? Mm-hmm. And entertainment. And entertainment. The joy of football. So as I mentioned before, absolutely no non-in-person questions once again this week. I will say quite a few of our listeners know you in person, so it seems silly to write it down an email or tweet it to you if they can just find you at a football game or at a weekly Bud's night. There was a little Minster football talk at this week's office, office hours. hours at Bud's Pizza at 3.30 on Wednesday. We had a football dad there. We had a group of guys there for their fantasy football draft who didn't mind talking. I heard a lot of that sport. happening last week. Yep. It's that time of year. Even well, the then. NFL starts this week, which occupies some of my Sunday. Although we don't really care that much, do we? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the old Bengals Steelers game on this week, but in the end, yeah, it's not exactly life or death like high school football, right? It's a good thing we don't care about listeners because, boy, we know how to alienate them. <laughs> I might even have the Browns game on if I could remember who they're playing. But... <laughs> Maybe look it up again. <laughs> oh, they're playing the Panthers. That sounds kind of dull. On Sunday at 1 p.m. Same time as the Bengals-Steelers game, huh? <laughs> The fun part of watching the Browns is the Panthers have that quarterback with the long hair that sticks out of his helmet, that guy Uh, from Clemson, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. He really looks like he needs to cut his hair, to be honest. It's his personal style. Yep. There's not a lot of tackling by hair pulling for the quarterback. Ooh, that could be ugly. That sounds like a penalty if you did it to a quarterback. Mm, Yeah, it does. Anyway... If you have further comments or questions, you can email them to bdmonin at nktelco.net or tweet them at Bruce Monin or find him wandering around town either on a bicycle or at Bud's or at a football game. He's very approachable. Home game this week at Minster. Fort Recovery rolls into town. You can spot me there. You can just walk right up to the press box and stick your head in the window. Don't walk in, though. There's not enough space. No, not enough space. You annoy the coaches. But, but our window's always open, right? Got to be able to see. Anyway, it's been anyway, a lovely time talking. Yes. This is week four of the high school football season. That means I bet you we'll have a few more teams that are playoff bound after this week. The season will start to come into focus a little better, and we'll tell you about it here on Bruce Monin's Computer Points. So long, everyone. <laughs>